Get the cheers. Red dot. Ah, cheers, man. Cheers, cheers. Blink. Welcome back to Sippin' Mimos. It's Jake and Elliot. I'm Elliot. I'm Jake. And this is the podcast where we discuss 90s radio rock and electronica over mimosas. Wait, wait. This isn't the, ASM, this is, this isn't the ASMR podcast where we read um, super bad fan fiction? <laughs> but this is the premier 90s um, pop rock electronica podcast. Yes, comprehensive. Uh, comprehensive. <laughs> what is it? A compendium or a? <laughs> yeah, the comprehensive compendium of all things. Yeah, of all things nineties. Yeah, nineties of all things nineties radio rock and electronica. <laughs> uh, so, if you're just tuning in uh, today, uh, Elle and I just released our uh, our six month anniversary episode where yeah. we where we discussed. Um, two of our favorite 90s soundtracks. Yes. Uh, I picked um, the head, scratch, head Scratcher, but also a kind of iconic Batman and Robin soundtrack. Sure. And I picked, uh, I think I put in the description, the equally successful The Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> I, listening back to that one, I loved how, I loved how I was going through like the top 10 movies of, uh, what was it? 1997. 97 for Batman and Robin. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I think you asked me, like, is Batman and Robin up there? And I was like, no. <laughs> it was not. Yeah, man. But I think actually one of the things that's happened since we recorded that episode uh, was its director, uh, Joel Schumacher, passed away. Oh, that's right. He did. Yeah. I guess maybe I think we should... it was like a week after we recorded. Yeah, it's weird. Boy, uh, so uh, uh, my thoughts go out, of course, to um, Joel's family and then um, all his friends and colleagues. And thank you for making two very unique, very entertaining Batman movies. <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, uh, quite a legacy. Uh, it also, it also came out that um, one of the one of the one of the um, pardon me, one of the Machowskis confirmed that the Matrix is an allegory for being trans really yeah <laughs> i mean we, we we certainly discussed that but we, we touched on it a little bit with uh switch the character switch yeah yeah isn't that wild wow yeah confirmed i i saw something that they're they are still doing like they're getting the fourth one is still is like still under underway like it's it's gonna happen I know they've shot some stuff. I've, I heard Michael B. Jordan was going to be in it for a minute. Uh, yeah. yeah, right? Into that. But uh, I, I'm not sure. I haven't heard any news about that in a while. Because everything's still shut down in the movie world. Yeah. How's, that, how's that pineapple Mimo, man? It's good. I went pineapple with it today. All right. Just, try, just trying to switch it up. A couple weeks ago, we did Mango. Mango and orange. Yeah. Uh, talking about Keanu, um, Bill and Ted Four. Uh, well, Bill and Ted Three comes out next week. Yeah. Or, oh, where can I? Where can I watch it? Is it going to be on Amazon or some nonsense? All I've seen is like VOD or something like that. Right. Which that could be anywhere, I suppose. 
but I'm I'm thinking I'm gonna make a like we might make a Friday out of it and just like oh, yeah. Um, I've been I you know I love the John Wick movies and I started watching the third one that Parabellum. I haven't seen it yet. I don't know what it, I'm doing with my life. It's crazy. It's <laughs> it's like a like the John Wick movies. They're they're like known for their like ultra violence. They're kind yeah. of over the top. This one is like. It's it's that like those the that intensity on steroids. It's even even more intense if, if that makes sense. Uh huh. Um, at one point at the beginning, he encounters uh, a hitman who is played by a former San Antonio Spur, who's just he's like six six eleven, almost seven foot. He's huge. Wow. And, you know, Keanu's a tall guy. Um, yeah, yeah, he's a big dude. But he makes Keanu look like teeny tiny. Cool. I heard uh, Jason Manzukis is in that. He is. It took oh, it took man. a while because he plays he plays like a homeless person, right? You know, and he's got that perfect beard, and he's he's wearing like a beanie, and it's uh-huh. raining. But then you hear his voice, and you're like, "Oh, that's Zooks." He's got that like, nice. Ah, oh, okay. Maybe I'll watch that tonight. I don't know. It's cool. I, I it's. It's certainly, I mean, it's just Keanu kicking ass. It's got Holly, uh, Halle Berry in it. Love her. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, Lawrence wow. Fishburne. Uh, how, uh, how about you? Been watching anything good? Um. Oh, I've been watching something. Oh, I I tore through a bunch of um, Haunting of Hill House. Oh, first time. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I had watched like, the first episode like forever ago, but then um, when I had a house guest uh, last week we just binged uh, like uh, 10 episodes of it. I still haven't finished. Like I'm on like the last episode, I think, okay. but Oh my goodness gracious. Like it's 80% family drama, but that 20% of just pure terror is so scary. The dude with the hat and the cane. Blah, oh man. It's so scary. I was going to say, did, did your house guest slash your neighbors like mind the smell of you shitting yourself the entire time <laughs> out of fear? <laughs> it was, <laughs> It wasn't quite that to that level, but uh, oh man, it was it's awesome <laughs> and really beautifully done. Like lots of long shots and all this, and oh, and, and the father, the dad, at least the younger version of him, is Elliot from ET. Yeah, which I, it took me like three episodes. I'm like, wait a minute, <gasps> it's uh, Henry Thomas or whatever his name is, Thomas Henry, something like that. Fellow uh, uh, San Antonian. Wait, which really? Always, which always blows my mind. Oh wow, okay. He's from San Antonio, and uh, the actor that played the original RoboCop. Uh, oh, boy. It's going to bother me. I know, I know. Peter, with a W, Peter, where? It's not. <laughs> RoboCop. Peter Weller, Peter Weller. Peter Weller. Boom, got it. I, I beat Google. I always forget that Kurtwood Smith from that 70s show is the bad guy in that movie. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen the original Robocop in a long time, man. Like, it's, it's awesome. But like, there's also like some really fucked up uh, horror scenes, like gore, that really trouble, are really troubling to me. From, uh, from Robocop? Oh, yeah. Like when, they, oh. when they're like, annihilating him and like, he, his hand blows up and all that. And then like, when that dude drops into the toxic waste and... Uh, I don't, I don't, I can't, I can't hang with that stuff. 
It's uh, you know who directed it. Um, Cronenberg. Uh, Paul Paul Verhoeven. Verhoeven. So Starship Troopers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I always get those two mixed up because they're both kind of fucked up in the head. <laughs> uh, but they, they make fucked up, crazy movies. Like body horror stuff. I haven't actually. Think I don't think I've ever seen any Cronenberg movies. Well, he's like a The Fly. Oh, the Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Davis. Oh, okay. Which, which I haven't seen either because I'm terrified of it. Because I don't, I don't rock that body horror, man. I can't do it. It's so creepy and gross. I've, um, I've been HBO Max has been like my best friend lately. So, uh, they have all the Nightmare on Elm Streets. <laughs> okay. And talk about body horror. Like some of those, like some some of those, like the after like the Dream Warriors and then like the Dream Master. And then Dream Child, I'm starting to see a theme here. Yeah. Um, some, it just gets amped up, and it's like, some of it, I had to look away. It was just too, too gross. Uh, well, they're essentially slasher flicks, right? Like, Yeah, like fantasy, slasher. That's, is that Wes Craven? That yes, nice? he did the first one. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I don't really, that's not really my style. Like, I love a scary movie, but um, yeah, I just don't like not a big gore kind of. Like, like coming up, like you know, nineties. What kind of like? What was your like? Were you a horror fan? Like, what would you? I'm trying to think nineties specifically now. Like, um, well, oddly enough, I remember like in the nineties, I was just digging up like Sam Raimi stuff, like Evil Dead Two and stuff, which is horrifically violent, but or. Uh, disturbing but somehow like the body horror stuff just gets me in a different way and then like the freddie and jason stuff just felt so kind of boring to me and like i get it teens horny teens at a lake horny teens in a house whatever yeah but like but, like when you know when like evil dead 2 uh ends an army of darkness starts like that's where i want to be like where it just gets insane and we follow this mythology where he's <laughs> traveling through time now and like fighting these evil forces like yeah I'm into that. <laughs> I I definitely understand because it's like, not that like the, because of course Wes Craven, you know, visionary genius, you know, like in that first, that first um, Nightmare on Elm Street is like very, very creepy. It's a very like, you know, very, I think it's a good movie. You know, um, it's the one with Johnny Depp. Um, I was just going to say, yeah, I think Johnny Depp shows up. I think his first big break. Um, and which I think the I think the story behind how he got cast I could totally be wrong here, uh, but was like he what was it like he drove a friend to the audition and like Wes Craven saw Johnny Depp and was like that's the guy you know and like wow I I could I could be mixing I could be mixing him up with someone else but um, like Wes Craven like Sam Raimi like yeah they, they made like scary movies but like. There was almost, well, not almost, but both, you know, the first Nightmare, Evil Dead 2, like, there's just, like, so much substance to them, you know? And mm. I think I think because afterwards, like, maybe with the Nightmare movies, at least, they were just, like, kind of, like, amping it up and being like, okay, like, how can we push the limit? Like, what, how, okay, let's turn this woman, let, let's turn this girl into a cockroach, and then we'll have Freddy, like, squeeze the box that she's in. Yeah, you know? and yeah. Um, I like the idea, but but like I don't know. I get did you? 
I say, I always think of like, when I see these slash effects, I'm like, Oh, I just try to, I just, I think of ways to do them better. Like, did you like the scream movies? You seem like a scream fan, right? I, I can get down with some scream. <laughs> um, you know, I, Cause those were everywhere when we were, you know, young. Uh, Elliot, uh, but like, Elliot, I'm wearing the ghost face mask. Like, right now <laughs> all right <laughs> well i didn't want to say anything because he he wears it every episode guys uh but <laughs> but i don't know, i watch it i'm like oh i'm kind of bored and like i would do this better and i don't know i get frustrated um that uh that first one i think that, that was Wes craven too yeah i believe so didn't uh, he pass as well yeah he passed away man oh man um I remember I've, I've heard a lot about, of course I was so young when it came out, but I remember it was Halloween. It had to have been 97, 98. I think, I think it's the first one. The first one came out in 97, but it was Halloween and my cousins had rented a blockbuster and brought it over. And I remember being scared shitless. Uh-huh. Cause I'm being like, Oh my God, what is it? But then seeing it as an adult and, not like not being not being really phased by it because it's almost kind of like uh i mean matthew lillard's in that one oh, oh scream you're talking about yeah yeah uh, jamie kennedy Man, i love i love that matthew uh lillard dude he's great he's he's good shaggy he's fucking shaggy dude what was did you ever see hackers yes i've definitely seen hackers yeah um did you ever see slc punk I have not seen that one. Really? I feel like that would be right up your alley, man. Oh, it's cool. It's it's intense, but he's amazing in it. Yeah. Uh, is that the one? Is Devin Sawa in that one? Well, Lillard is, but I don't I don't remember if Devin Sawa. Devin Sawa. You're thinking of Casper. That's it. <laughs> I honestly would like to party with Devin Sawa. And by What's like, he been doing? And by he tweets. Um, <laughs> he tweets. Okay. He's really funny on Twitter. Uh, um, Devin Sawa, he was in... Did you ever see Idle Hands? Oh, is that, was that the Jessica Alba one? Yeah. I think I saw it. Uh, I did see Final Destination. <sighs> He's in that one, right? Those movies are kind of bonkers good. Yeah. They're a lot of fun to sit down and like just... Like, they personify death. And like It's like... <laughs> Like the bad like, guy is some accident awaiting you, which is crazy. It's like Tony Todd from Candyman is. Oof, yeah, that guy's creepy as fuck. Man, um, so besides Honey Hill House, scared the shit out of me. In fact, um, the I I don't do like glowing eyes or uh, white eyes. Very like I, that stuff. Like <laughs> glowing eyes. That's that's the one thing that freaks you out. <laughs> Yeah, it's like glowing eyes and like, like the like some like a ghostly girls a la Samora from the or Samara from the ring. Samara, yeah, oh, I rewatched that re- recently, randomly. Yeah, As a whole with some friends. Oh, it's it's fucking amazing. It's fantastic. Uh, love, I love that movie. That but that movie fucked me up for like, well, about seven days. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> um, oh, but it's still so good. Oh my god, what's the? Uh, is it is it Amber Tamblin? She's in the beginning. Oh yeah! Wow. Uh huh. She, their friend, finds her in the the closet. All yeah, that first jump scare when they whip the closet door open and she's like, Wah! 
ring faced out. Uh, awesome. They, they did a really funny parody of that in uh, one of the scary movies. I think <laughs> yeah. it was scary. Did you see it? Yeah, <laughs> of course. Pamela Anderson and, and like Danny McCarthy. Danny McCarthy. <laughs> What's the one? When, like, the girl crawls out on the TV and the one girl is like, oh, hell no, and, like, just beats the shit out of her. Oh, it's, uh, <laughs> she's like, your TV's leaking. <laughs> <laughs> Some of those movies were pretty fucking funny, man. Oh, my God. I think, like, one, two, and three, I, I, I think are pretty, are, are I, I would, I would say, not essential, but definitely worth watching I, I... <laughs> well i love uh, anna ferris right yeah she's so great oh my god have you ever uh, seen um smiley face smiley face that's her first big breakout and it's kind of incredible it's like a it's like a real it's like a old indie but it's about her and she's just insanely high the whole time like she smokes and then like <clears throat> accidentally eats like a giant plate of pot brownies and then just wanders around the city. And, you're like, and it's like watching an episode of Mr. Magoo. Like she's like avoiding all this horrific stuff, you know, but like uh, just, just accidentally. Uh, but it's, it's really good. Really good. So this is, this is before the scary movies. Oh yeah. Way before. Yeah. Interesting. So, real young Anna Ferris smi- smiley face. I think it's called that. Oh boy. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. She's a, uh, she's hilarious in, um, what was it? 2006 um, Just Friends with Ryan just Reynolds. Friends. Oh my god, that movie's amazing. <laughs> yeah, Just Friends, dude. Hell yeah. I love when... <laughs> uh, Darla! Uh, <laughs> oh, what did she say? When, when Ryan Reynolds comes back and he has the braces in. Oh, yeah. She, she's like, look at your braces. She's like, look at your brace. You look like a doofus. <laughs> like the brother's like, doofus. Oh, yeah. Like, the younger brother's like feeding Anna Ferris toothpaste. He's like, ba, 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 ba. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, that movie's great. The, the, the younger brother's played by that actor. And I, I can't think of his name right now, but he's in a, he's the director in The Girl Next Door, that Alicia Cuthbert movie. Oh, we've talked about that before. Did you you seen that one, right? I forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it uh, seems to be a, a, a formative movie for you. I love the comics. <laughs> what happened to Cuthbert, man? Where's she been? Um, I think she she came out in like didn't they do like a like a twenty four? She was in twenty four. She's Jack Bauer's yeah. daughter for a minute, at least. Do you remember that episode of It's Always Sunny when? <laughs> Uh, Dennis gets the cat, and he names it Agent Jack Bauer. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Frank buys the Frank buys the car, the police. Oh, car. the cop car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just so they could get like free hot dogs or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, what does he say? Uh, at the end, at the end, like Charlie blows up the cop car, and the cat jumps <laughs> yeah. into the car, jumps out and. And Dennis is like, God damn it, Jack Bauer. You really are that. <laughs> um, but the guy in that movie, he's the director. And he's like, uh, what does he do at the, at the end? He's doing like a, 
like not like a TED talk, but he's being interviewed at a at a college, and this this like you know snooty film student gets up to answer the question. He's like, um, "Don't you think you're you're a little young to have skipped film school?" And he just goes, "Shut the fuck up." <laughs> I, I really love him in uh, Just Friends because like the younger brother older brother's thing with Ryan Reynolds is like so perfect like where they're just beating the hell out of each other and I'm like I love you like I love you too <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's it's like perfect it's like yep that's exactly what it is and the mom is the lady from Airplane oh I love salmon it's such a nice color. Yeah. And the mom from What About Bob, which is another great one. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh I yeah. forget about What About Bob. Oh, it's so good. It's uh, so good. Uh, Richard Dreyfuss is... Uh... Dreyfuss, man. I rewatched Jaws the other day. What'd you think? Uh, <laughs> um, I think it's got legs. I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be it's gonna be a hit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I watched Master Pancake, the local Austin kind of... Oh, you MS- watched it? MST3K Riffin guys, they've, they've been doing like a Twitch stream every weekend or so. And I don't know, I didn't have anything to do the other night. So I popped on Jaws. They did Jaws and Jaws 4, which I had never seen before. Um, Is that the one with Michael Caine? Yeah, Michael Caine's in it. <laughs> the, the sharks aren't hunting you. Like, it's impossible. But yeah, like the, shark, the sharks like find the fucking Brody family for some reason. It's so stupid. But uh <laughs> But them making fun of Jaws is so great. Like when the little Kittner boy is, like, goes into the ocean, he's like, me, I'm going to live forever. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's so fun. <laughs> uh, I'm finally almost finished with The Sopranos. Oh, yeah. How's that and your MCU rewatch going? I was going to ask. It's good. Um, oh, that's what I want, actually wanted to bring up uh, with you on the, on the pod. Your thoughts yeah. on the actions of Captain America in Civil War. Um, But The Sopranos is good. I can totally see why it is essential viewing. Um, It's just, it's just, there's, I've never seen anything like it. Um, But yeah, it's been, my sister actually started watching it around the same time I did. So we've got like a, like a Sopranos, like text chat going every time something crazy happens. Is it on HBO? I imagine. Yeah. Uh, I watched that first season, but I haven't watched the whole thing. Maybe I should just dive into it, huh? Yeah, the first season, the first season wasn't my favorite. I mean, it just gets oh. progressively uh, better. Because I think I watched that first season where I started it like years ago. And then, you know, quarantine happened. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. And so. Right. Did you ever watch The Wire? Everyone talks about The Wire. That one's next. I've heard it's like brutal for like three seasons and then, and then it gets good. I'm like, ugh, that doesn't sound like a fun time to me. Like I got to slog through seasons of the show before it gets good. I don't know. Should we do, should, should we do fake ads on the podcast? Dude, that's something, I was, that's something I've always wanted to do. Like, like <laughs> to write like a script and like, produce it on our own and then, like drop it in okay <laughs> you didn't want to try to ad lib one <laughs> yeah what, what's the product i don't know oh, oh want me to come come up with it that'd be cool okay uh those those popcorn tins with three different kinds of popcorn in it go 
<laughs> Have you ever wanted popcorn but can't decide which one? Try popcorn tins with three different kinds of popcorn in it. And thank you to our thank you to our sponsor, popcorn tins with three different kinds of popcorn in them. Chris, the holidays would not be the same without you. <laughs> Um, uh, oh, oh, okay. Uh, so, my Marvel partner. Oh, yes. I found actually on the second, on my second watch through of Civil War. Mm-hmm. I mean, I kind of, there towards the end, I kind of found myself cheering for Tony Stark a little bit. I thought, mm. I thought, like, I, th- and I love. I love Steve Rogers, Captain America. Sure. I thought, he, I thought he was kind of being a little unreasonable. Well, he, he, he lets his emotions get the best of him, I think, in the end with, with the Bucky of it all. But he, he was, I do, I am team Cap. <laughs> but, um, like, there is pretty good reasons for them all to, you know, rein it in a little bit. And, and, Tony Stark, especially because all the villains, like with the exception of Loki, have been uh, like Tony Stark's fuck ups, like uh, you know, Ultron, Ultron especially. Yeah, he keeps fucking up. So I get why he would want to change things, but yeah, I I, I certainly was Team Cap in not wanting to register because like. I I didn't think it was right to because he had a good point. He was like, because at what point did they tell us to go in there and attack some to attack somewhere that we don't like right. belong? Uh, right. So I was definitely team cap, but like at in the end there, like I don't know the way. And I know he's I know he's got like incredibly deep emotional ties to Bucky, but I just. Oh no! What'd you think about the reveal that Bucky assassinated Stark's parents and all that? Spoilers. That was crazy. Spoilers. Um, that was crazy. I remember when that happened in the theater because uh, they're watching it on a little monitor. Yeah. And, and the guy from Inglorious Bastards is uh, Zemo. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's so good. Oh my god. He he was in a movie. I haven't seen a lot of things, but he was in a movie with Chris Hemsworth where they were, it was like a, like a historical movie and they were like race car drivers. Hmm. Uh, but I, I like him. I thought he was really good in... Oh, I think he's badass. He, he, he needs to be in more things for sure. Uh, I think he's going to be in the um, Winter Soldier, or sorry, Winter Soldier and Falcon show. Really? I think they'll bring Zemo into that, yeah. Zemo, had, he was so cool in the comics. Did you ever, did you ever read him in the comics? Um, no, not really. I didn't read a lot of Cap stuff. Um, he, uh, he had, how, that, that purple uh, yeah. pullover mask thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, whatchamacallit, like, uh, they're watching it on the screen, and, like, Cap, they're, like, watching. Yeah. And Tony's like, what's this? And he has, like, no idea what he's getting ready to watch. And it's like, oh. Some of the best acting those two dudes have done in the entire saga. Like when Tony just looks at him, like, did you know, 
did you know? It's so intense and awesome. But when, uh, how, how did Cap know? Did he? He said, he says something like, like, he had like an inkling or he like knew uh, that they were assassinated, but he didn't know necessarily who. I don't know. Yeah, because... Which is pretty fucked up anyways, right? Like, damn. When he's like, he killed my mom. Like, I was like, oh, man. Yeah, here we go. So, doing the... So, we just... We're on phase three now, but we got to watch Ant-Man last Uh time. And I guess I'd never seen the beginning of Ant-Man. But that scene where it has, like... um, Peggy, uh, Peggy Carter, and she's meeting, she's meeting with Stark. Yeah, and Hank and Hank Pym. That was that was dope. Yeah, with the the de aging stuff and all that. Yeah, yeah, that's very um, cool. Yeah. Well, I guess they had to they had to like age her and de age um, Michael Douglas, who's freaking kick ass in those movies, man. Yeah, he's really good. Do you think he understands anything that's going on <laughs> in those movies? Uh, probably, as, probably as much as Tommy Lee Jones knew what was going on in as Two Face. As <laughs> Two Face, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think Tommy Lee Jones just watched Jack Nicholson. I was like, oh, okay. I just act like my ass off, like to the back row. Okay, I'll do it. And this went nuts. Uh-huh. But, uh, we're actually, I've actually been doing like a Jack Nicholson, like a marathon. Cause there's, there's like a ton of his movies on like Amazon that I'd never seen. Um, so early on we watched, um, as good as it gets. I, I feel like I rewatched that recently too. It's so, it's really, it's really an interesting flick. Yeah. It is like uh freaking Greg Kinnear. Greg uh, Kinnear, man. Was insane in that movie. Um, have you seen, okay, here we go. Have you seen Brigsby Bear? No. You have to see Brigsby Bear. Uh, I, it's a hard recommend. Um, B-R-I-G-S-B-Y. Oh, Kyle Kyle Mooney, yeah, from SNL. Um, it's astonishing. Mark Hamill is in it. Um, but like Greg Kinnear is in there and it's like, devastatingly good and like really funny and awesome it's 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 oh, oh, oh. listeners please watch Brigsby Bear I have to check I love Cobb I think he's hilarious on on um, on SNL yeah he's really good um we did that one and then watched uh uh it was with Diane Keaton um Something's Gotta Give did you ever watch that one um I don't know if I have it's like a like a Nora Ephron movie, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jack Nicholson's like a like a sixty three year old playboy, doesn't date any women over thirty, so he's dating Amanda Peet. Um, wow! And then All Amanda right. Peet, remember Amanda Peet? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Speaking he, of nineties and early aughts. Yeah, um, she t- takes him to takes him to her house to her her mother's like. A house in the Hamptons. She's a successful playwright, and then Diane Keaton is her mother. Shows up, and spoiler alert: you know, um, relationships unfold. 
that, um, you know, seem unlikely at first, but, you know, at the end you're rooting for him. It's also got, like, Francis McDormand and uh, freaking Keanu Reeves in it, too. Oh, wow. Okay. What the hell? Okay. It's on Amazon. It's, it's, it's like, a nice, easy, easy flick. I mean, mm-hmm. thank you. Wonderful. Jack Nicholson shows his butt, so. Ew, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what you, what you think of Underworld? <laughs> how's, how's that for a segue? <laughs> We've been going for like an hour now. Like. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> Let's talk 1999. Okay. Shall we? we? I know we talked about it about a, as, a, as a seminal year in uh, pop culture, music. Um, sure. Matrix. Matrix, uh, Sugar Ray's 1459. I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, um, what were you doing? What were you doing in, uh, let's see when this one came out. It looks like March 1st, 1999. So spring. 1999. Uh, spring. I don't, I don't. I'm so bad with like time of the years and all that. Um, I don't know. What was I doing? Probably something devastating. I don't know. I, you know, <laughs> I was in high school. I was uh, uh, in a lot of art classes, hanging out with a bunch of nerds and digging through records and trying to find the weirdest shit I can find. I was going to say, so the album, the album in question that you brought to the table today is uh, from 1999. It's Buku Fish by Underworld. Yes. Um, first, first listen, it kind of, it kind of reminded me a lot of um, Homework by Daft Punk. Okay. Uh, in that. Oh, oh. Hmm? Uh, how, how so? Uh, in that it was kind of a lot. Cause I remember, uh, gosh, can you believe that was January? Oh, um, <laughs> listening back, it seems like freaking five years ago. Um, what well, kind of lots happened since then? So. Yeah. <laughs> um, from from homework, it was a lot of. Um, I think we is a sequencer sequence. It's just kind of like repetitive. Mm-hmm. I think like eventually built up to a big big finish. Yeah. Well. Well. Uh, of the albums I've given you and submitted to this podcast so far. This Underworld album is the closest we've gotten to full-on techno, like techno the genre. You know, or I'm submitting a lot of electronica albums, which is a big umbrella for just you know whatever anything electronic based. But this is this gets pretty close to techno and house, which is just you know anything from 115 to 135 BPMs, lots of repeating. Uh, four four beats you know there's always that hard kick on mm-hmm. on the one two three four and the uh underworld is probably closer to techno than well I mean, and, it, and i get why you would reference uh homework because it's a lot of that that four four <clears throat> uh beat stuff for sure how did you how did you stumble onto buku fish well um any underworld fans that that stumble upon this podcast will probably be furious um, that I didn't start you off with um, uh, one of the earlier albums that featured um, a song called Born Slippy, which is 
probably their biggest song, Born Slippy dot N-U-X-X Nux or whatever. It's just called Born Slippy. Um, which is a very famous song. It was featured in at the very end of Train Spotting, the film. Uh, and it's absolutely gorgeous. And uh, um, but, but that's how I kind of found out about these dudes. And like that Train Spotting soundtrack was a big one. Um, like passed around between my friends and all that. All their stuff is like just amazing. It's not quite like it's not quite dance floor, but it is repetitive and techno and dancey. But it's not like I wouldn't call it club music, you know, because they they're always have, they have a bit of a bit more of a musicality to it. Like uh, Daft Punk's homework was very much based uh, or intended for the dance floor for raves and stuff like that. But this is kind of they're getting a little more cerebral with it. The lyricist, uh, I think Kyle or, or Carl Hyde, um, this just like, does this Carl Hyde. Yeah. Does this great like stream of conscious, uh, vocals. I think in last episode, I compared it to Jack Kerouac. Yeah. Like, um, uh, like where like he, you know, he like Kerouac, like the beat poet in the fifties wrote like on the road, like in, a stream of conscious in like one sitting or something crazy on heroin and uh carl hyde like just kind of gets out there with these um rhythms and melodies and just kind of you get the feeling that it's always improvised like you, yeah. and whether it is or not like it's just incredible and and very incredible to see live they're one of the best uh electronic bands i've seen live ever oh um, where did you catch them uh i saw them in florida at a um at a huge festival called Ultra. I don't think it's a thing anymore. I've, I, I've heard, I remember hearing about Ultra. Yeah, in Miami, yeah. We, me and my friend uh, from college drove all the way down from Sarasota to Miami to, to go to Ultra specifically to see Underworld because they were, they were headlining. And th- their setup is just so bonkers. It's just, uh, this is their last album with... Darren Emerson, who was their third guy, but he bounced. And I later saw him open up for Fatboy Slim, actually, as a DJ. But uh, so, so it's just two dudes, but like they have um, just this crazy, crazy hardware set up. Carl is just up there dancing and bouncing around and having an awesome ass time. And it's really cool. Um, was he, he kind of like in the same vein as, uh, is he kind of like the uh, Keith? from um prodigy is he kind of like that same okay yeah uh yeah yeah okay you could say that i suppose he's keith definitely McClint- the lyricist mcclintock keith keith, keith flint keith, is from who's, McC- McC- who's mcclint i don't know mcclintock uh, that's a that sounds like an old detective from the 30s yeah <laughs> like because i remember like seeing like videos of keith flint live which he's like he's just out there He's and he's dancing. He's like intense. You cannot take your eyes off of this guy. Yeah. But that's kind of was that kind of like Darren from Underworld. Um. Uh. Well, Carl. Sorry, Kyle. Carl Hyde. Um. <clears throat> it's not quite. Just a little less rock and roll going on. It's more like um like. It's such a weird thing to describe. All I could say is rave. It's just this rave thing where it's um you know it's not about like uh let's you know, where the prodigy or even like you know, like a metal show will be like, let's get some anger out. Let's fuck shit up. This is this, 
this is more like rave where it's like um <laughs> we're all in this together can't you feel this like isn't this amazing let's dance and and uh <laughs> you know it probably has a lot to do with drugs on the world is pretty um uh, heavy in the drugs I gather just by their lyrics and stuff like that. Um, uh, Born Slippy is about being shit faced and it's the most beautiful thing I've ever heard in my life. But like, but, but he's, you know, he's a poet. It's, he's not trying to rap or, um, you know, scream any uh, these lyrics or anything like that. He's just trying to just do this wild poetry, but he's up there and he's, he's dancing. He's always got these big headphones on. They're like locked onto his head and, and it's, it's just beautiful. And he's got a lovely voice, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's him doing the singing on the album? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was good. It was definitely, I, like, the song structure uh, reminded me most of Homework. Um, uh-huh. But from, it wasn't, it was different from, you know, Fatboy Slim, Prodigy, and Chemical Brothers. Kind of its own thing. And, and I, I really dug it. I, I just had some, I wrote down like my favorite song. Um, I, I really enjoyed the um, opening track, Cups. Yes. Uh, longer song, about 12 minutes. I was going to, yeah, uh, uh, these songs are longer. They're long. Yeah. Because uh, it's kind of it's kind of about getting in that groove and like the the party keeping, keeping on going and stuff like that. So like these repetitive beats, like you start like kind of, the idea is like can kind of lose a little, little bit of yourself and lose some consciousness and just like it just kind of f- flows over you so kind of like building on that like I remember you mentioned I can't think of the track but on the on Surrender the locked groove on the last last song of the record just keeps on going yes yeah very good yeah you're figuring it uh, out <laughs> one of the I, I think I may have brought them up uh, on on the pod before but um, do you remember that like techno group Dirty Vegas? They had yeah, that song with the car commercial. Days go by. Yeah, days yeah. go by. I kind of heard uh, some Dirty Vegas uh, in Underworld, or I guess it'd be vice versa because Dirty Vegas came out afterwards. That, uh, uh-huh. I know that song from like '03. Um, uh-huh. Okay. I'd be interested to see if like the producers from Dirty Vegas. I, I imagine they were probably very, very influenced by Underworld. Okay, um, I like that. Okay, I can see that. Sure. Uh, I like the push upstairs. Yes. Um, and we talked like the lyrics were very abstract. Um, push upstairs has the great piano. Boom. It's great. Um, another one with like abstract lyrics uh, was Bruce Lee. Yes. Um, and I wrote the lyrics, uh, life, kid, suck from the box, uh, which um, it, it's kind of like that repeated. And he like changes it over time, but that's kind of like he kind of returns to that one line. Yeah. Uh, and the other one I really connected with uh, uh, was Kittens. Um, and that's, that one in particular reminded me of the homework. Okay, cool. Uh, and then, of course, uh, one... It's so interesting because this this is like this the these song structures are are certainly complicated and very intricate and lush and um, I don't know uh, beautiful and I still can't figure out why the hell Moner was on the Batman and Robin soundtrack. 
<laughs> must have been like a fight scene or something. I don't know. They needed to fill ten minutes of the of the album release. I don't know. It's it's a, it's an amazing song, but I'm like, where did you know? Like, but I mean, like we established last episode, I think most of the songs on the Batman and Robin soundtrack were not featured in Batman and Robin. Right. Uh, you know, Munner like it's their closer on this album, I believe. Um, my favorite is Jumbo because it's got this really cute kind of cute, I say, quirky bass line, like and the lyrics start as like, I need sugar. It's about it's just about borrowing sugar from a neighbor, but like it's just this cool. I don't know. You get the you get the idea that like. Um, the other guy in Underworld <laughs> is making these tracks and then Carl Hyde is just, like listening to them and like okay I got something and he like, walks into the mic and just freestyles like these this weird stream of consciousness poetry which is I think is fantastic yeah I, I can't think of I mean you mentioned Kerouac but um, I can't think of any other any other artist that I know that I mean, of course, there's like like freestyle and like hip hop and everything, mm-hmm. um, but and I guess that it's it's they're kind of one there there might be similarities, but this is like it's more abstract. It's kind of like more stream of conscience. Just first mm-hmm. thing that comes, just uh, it was. I, I honestly have not heard anything like this before. Well, uh, what, what did you think? Did you dig it, or is it a little too odd for you? No, it was Not cool. So much. It was boring. What? Come on, you could be honest. No, I had uh, I had the lyrics. So, uh, I oh, had, interesting. I, I was fortunate enough to be gifted an Apple TV uh-huh. system. When you listen to Apple Music on the TV, you can actually have the lyrics pulled up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that'd be interesting for this band because the lyrics are so bonkers. It, it was in the. So I would I would find myself like listening you know, like uh, answering an email and I would look up and look at the lyrics and I'd be like, you know, so I guess, I guess from the world, like the music I, I normally listen to is like lyrics tend to fit almost like, almost like puzzle pieces into the music, you know, like, uh, but these, these were just kind of like, he was just going, he, he, he wasn't, it wasn't necessarily always, um, no, I don't say like off. It wasn't offbeat, but he was just kind of like going while the music was just going on in the background. And I'd never really heard anything like that before. It was really, it was really interesting. So, as a as a listener of music, like the instrumentation and the um, like the, the I guess the, the music itself is what I what I'm usually drawn to. Um, and as a result of that, I, I feel like I missed out on on Carl's. Um, lyrics so i think i think this album in particular would would warrant a a re-listen for sure because i i do want to experience that full effect of of the lyrics along with the music did the music affect you in any way or is it not really your your thing it was cool it was cool no it was cool i mean it was catchy um i think Mm -hmm. i think i tend i think i'm drawn more to the like chemical brothers fat boy slim um yeah uh those seem those seem a little bit i guess more not like upbeat because this i mean because this music wasn't like down or anything it wasn't like 
like sad or you know but we're, like we're, that, but yeah but we're, we're approaching like uh ambient tones and stuff like that and yes that that's the perfect word yeah it's um, not there's nothing really but, poppy about this album at all yeah it's very no. it's very uh it's very artsy maybe um but no i, I thought it was great and uh i i'd never heard of underworld so i'm always excited to to listen to listen to groups that i had little to no experience in so yeah no i it was it was a solid recommend cool i don't know if i could say the same about my recommend today but i appreciated this one <laughs> well, i'm glad you appreciate it <laughs> It's one one last thing about the lyrics is like uh, I don't know you and you'll have to tell me and correct me if I'm wrong but like the one band I could think of that kind of has kind of approaches approaching nonsensical not nonsensical or even stream of conscious lyrics could could be REM yeah would you would you agree definitely um, some of the and some of the lyrics on on like those are and I think like. Um, I think even like on Are You Talking to R.E.M. Remy, they've talked about how he's just sent you like mumbling in some of those like yeah. Yeah. early recordings. Uh, I, I never thought of that, but I, I I didn't put that together, but I don't know, maybe. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, we're listening to Jumbo, King of Snake is a good one on here too. And I'm definitely going to send you a, the live version. They have a really great live album called Everything, Everything. And the and it's like there's like a DVD component as well. And the live performance of Born Slippy um, is transcendent. How? So. How? I was reading a I was reading an article about uh, Britpop. So like Oasis, The Verve, um, yeah, Spiritualized, all these groups. Spiritualized. Um, when Oasis played that show, it was for like. 250,000 people like it was the pinnacle of rip pop and then they mentioned train spotting as like um kind of like the accompanying film to go with that movement how how influential i've actually never seen train spotting all the way through oh boy um, how influential was that movie you mentioned it earlier the soundtrack at least um the the, the soundtrack i caught later but um that movie is incredible um uh and there's some great, um, great electronic tunes on there because they go. It's about like you know they go clubbing and stuff like that a lot. I think there's a John Digby tune on there, but the movie um, has this fantastic ending that I don't want to spoil or anything. But it the movie closes with the song "Born Slippy," which is like Underworld's. That's like their big hit. It's their fucking. It's their stairway. You know, it's like yeah. it's just their everything. It's huge. And it's kind of perfect. Uh, we did, dude. Okay, full circle. You and McGregor. Uh, I watched yep. Doctor Sleep a couple weeks ago, and um, how was that? I really enjoyed it. Um, okay. I I, uh, I thought it was really cool. Um, I, of course, I I love the original. Um, uh, talking about Jack Nicholson earlier, um, Henry right. Tom, uh, the actor who plays the father in Haunting Hill House. He plays Jack Nicholson in Dr. Sleep. Oh. So he plays Ewan's father. father. Yeah. Right. Boy. Okay, interesting. Um, Yeah, he played Elliot in E.T., which kind of ruined my life for a bit, but it's fine. 
<laughs> Have I, you seen his audition tape for E.T.? When he cries? When he... It, it's on YouTube. It's unreal. Have I brought this up before? I feel like I bring it up all the time. <laughs> but it's insane. Well, he like, don't they say like, they're going to take his toy away or they're going to take something yeah, we're away? Gonna, we're going to take your friend away like, and go. And he just... <laughs> don't take him away it's really you can hear spielberg off camera go all right kid you got the job it's fucking badass going to the beach but don't want to get your shoes all sandy and wet why not wear flip-flops they're the perfect shoes for the beach like that sound flip-flop flip-flop probably because you're wearing flip-flops so next time you're going to the beach or just going to the plain pool and don't want to get your shoes wet or socks why not try flip-flops? You won't regret it. Do you have a, do you have a robust Discogs page? Yeah, I, I, I would say so. I, I, I'm a sucker for cat, like uh, cataloging and recording stuff. I love that. Um, I used to run the Discogs uh, arm of a record distribution store, record, record store essentially. But uh, Oh, cool. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, like, if I, I've thought about, like, putting all my shit on Discogs or, like, you know, like, so I have a whole collection. But, like, I mean, like, if I wanted to sell anything, all my records would beat to hell from gigging and stuff like that. I couldn't. There's not much that would, I would get for anything. Not that I would sell anything, but it would be cool to, like, have a catalog of everything I have. Like, the exact release, you know, serial numbers and all that. That That's my jam. Like, I... Yeah. Like, I... Just... just so I wanted a place to put like guitar picks. So we went to Michael's and I bought like a jewelry box. I, yeah. literally, I like, I cut the, uh, <laughs> to show the, uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. The, the weight of the pick. And I'm just like, yeah. Oh, God. and you remember how excited I got in the group chat about the, having a spot to organize my socks finally. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I might I might be due for a great alphabetization of my record collection. Uh, you got to do what is it in high fidelity? He's like uh, high- auto, autobiographical. <laughs> he goes, no fucking way. He's like, if I want to listen to <laughs> rumors by Fleetwood Mac, I have to remember that an ex girlfriend of mine gave it to me, then took it back. So I bought my own copy in July of '83. <laughs> 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 and the guy's like, that's comforting. He's like, yeah, comforting. <laughs> He's like, you didn't need help? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm right. How would you help? And, yeah. went, and he's like, you shouldn't stack them vertically like this because the pressure, they'll damage the records. <laughs> I love uh, it. That guy, is it Sean Patrick Flan- Flannery? Oh, the, the dude? Yeah, is that? The, R- the REM looking dude? And- yeah. <laughs> Doesn't he? <laughs> REM slash Moby. Um, yeah, he looks like Moby. Yeah. Dude, when are you gonna prescribe me some Moby? I'm excited to listen to Moby. Prescribe you? I've got a couple things in the in the in the the old tank. Um, but I saw him. I, I finally watched Jerry Maguire. Uh huh. You've never seen Jerry Maguire? I've never seen it. Oh wow, that's a good flick. I loved it. Yeah. I think I just love Cameron Crowe. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'd never seen it, but he, he actually comes out in it and he's like a music nerd. And he's like, if you want to get, he goes, you treat her right. 
put on jazz. Oh, he's like the babysitter guy. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. And he's like, what do you say? He's like, Miles Davis, John Coltrane, Amsterdam, 66. Before the before their music went corporate, <laughs> I'm like, man, this guy had like a like a like a like a niche. A niche. Yeah, he really did. Yeah, this perfect music nerd music guy. Nerd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real, real soft music nerd. And now over from our sponsors. Ah, oh, fuck, Jake. This Goo Goo Dolls album was so good, I shit my pants on the floor. What should I do? <laughs> Well, yeah, I think I have the answer. Uh, why not use some a carpet, carpet cleaner? cleaner? Yeah, all right. I figured. Is it a good brand? Uh, absolutely. I mean, uh, with this carpet cleaner, that shit stain will slide right out. <laughs> <laughs> will I be able to see any stains with the iris of my eyes? Um, um, no, um, but if you stare at the carpet long enough, uh, you're probably going to feel slightly dizzy. Oh, okay. The stain looks like a black balloon over here. I'm just saying. Oh, shit. That was the one I was going to Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> well, well, Jake, I was just going to ask you about Gigi Dolls. Gigi Dolls. Man. Jonathan Resnick. Man. Um, I actually don't know if he's Jonathan, but... Johnny Resnick and the Boys. Um, the Boys. My album this week uh, was f- uh, 1998's Dizzy Up the Girl. Yeah, it uh, sure was. So, um, initial thoughts on Dizzy Up the Girl. Um, I get it. <laughs> uh, okay. I get why this was like a huge hit and it's another one of your fucking platinum albums. I know like, like <laughs> every one of your albums like has gotten getting all this mad sales and praise and all this. And mine are like so weird. Uh, um, <laughs> I like it fine. I do legit like black balloon. That, that song's pretty dope. Um, uh, I love the, you know, the, the strings in the background and the production, uh, do, do, do they have a like a collective soul vibe or is it just the era dude yeah um a little bit especially on iris that um reminds me of the collective soul world that i know yes Lo- which i love that i love that too so That's yeah. yeah but like the strings and like the kind of the the pain and the voice and all this and the guy's got pipes there's no denying oh res resnick has pipes so um why did you pick this album um honestly because when we started this journey i wanted to kind of like push myself to um experience albums that i hadn't listened to before and i i knew i was going to experience that with the albums you prescribed us you know um because i don't have a lot of experience with electronic music um but with this one in particular um because the um the the goose were featured on my soundtrack from last episode i think the song's lazy eye um uh, which was a really rocking song um i realized you know for being such an iconic alt rock 
pop rock bands from the 90s, I really, besides their hits, I really don't know much of their discography. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's why, that's why I went and went with this one. Uh, I, I certainly, uh, I don't know. I'm excited for our discussion on this one because I, I, I might have some thoughts. Okay. Um, uh, where, where, where does, where do the Goo Goo Dolls land in like, um, your pile of favorites? Like, are, are they up there in your, in the, uh, in a Jake top 10 artists of the nineties for you? Or they're, they're just, just tertiary. They're out there, but like, just kind of wrote, like they're in rotation. Sure. But like not necessarily one of your faves or what? I, I would say, I would say the latter. Um, uh, Black Balloon. I mean, Iris is incredible. It's like incredible song. We can talk about Iris a little bit more because that's the big one. Let's um, dive in. Uh, so Iris was featured in the. Uh, I don't want to get so, the. I don't want to get the. Ninety-eight Angels. Angels. Yeah. Uh, starring um, Nicholas Cage. Wow, how about that? Like both both of our bands this week have had very important songs and important movies. Still, like I, we kind of piggybacked off of Batman and Robin last last episode, and then now we're just back into the movie thing. Oh, that's interesting. I don't know. I mean, it's it's something that it, it's almost. I remember it being like up until like two thousand four, two thousand five when like movie songs were like a thing, you know, it may have been something like where they like a produce, which is, I think if I'm not mistaken from my research, that's what happened with Iris and city of angels. Uh, and also there was a, a really badass Alanis Morissette song that was included on the soundtrack as well. Um, but producers that produce like soundtracks would drop in like a song from one of their bands they were working with to kind of like get hype for the band. Maybe if maybe Warner brothers is putting out the new Google Goo dolls, they want it on the new big Batman movie, right? Yeah. Right. So uh, in what I found was for the city of angels, it was being produced by a producer, uh, Rob uh, Cavallo, um, who, actually worked with a lot of really incredible artists. So he produced Green Day's Dookie, Insomniac, Nimrod, American Idiot, and uh, their Bullet in the Bible album. Wow. Yeah. Uh, he produced Dizzy Up the Girl. So, I mean, okay. right there. that He's got that, the Goo Goo Dolls have that in with him. Wow, he produced The Black Parade by My Chemical Romance, which is a huge... Uh, emo album um right he's done a lot of like really really big stuff and so from what i understand like his father was bob cavallo and his father brought in alanis morissette for this album you for this album the, for city city of angels the sound oh, oh oh okay oh okay uh did you ever hear that song uninvited by alanis it, yeah of course you remember that one that i yeah. forgot that that song was for City of Angels. Like for it, for it, or yeah, like it was. 
I think it, it was actually going to come out on her second album, the former, uh, I can't think of the, the title, but former Factuation Jumpy, Junkie, I might be mistaken. Um, Says the Huron Invited. Yeah. That one? <laughs> uh, yeah, so that, that's an amazing tune. Yeah, I love that. It just made me like want to like go back and listen to the City of Angels soundtrack. Yeah, maybe there's some secret hits on there you forgot about. But no, like I, I love Iris. I've like I've adored that song came out in '98. I remember vividly watching the music video for it on TV. Like, so that's what 20, 22 years the song's been in my life, and I've never not liked it. <laughs> wow, right on. And when did you learn to play it? Because you play it a lot, right? I play slide. Oh, slide. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And which one's no. that? That's the... Uh... Um, put your... Um, <laughs> would you whisper in my ear? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so do they, do they have two vocalists? It's not always the one guy, right? Dude, that was one of the things I never knew. So the bass player, he, sing, he sings a song on this one... I can't Rob, believe it. Robbie Takat? Takat? Um, I apologize for mispronouncing, but he sings on, I think, January Friend and Am I Gone? And a couple mm-hmm. others. Because uh, listening, uh, listening, listening to the album, I was like, well, there's the. Inside, that guy, and then there's like the. Yeah. Like the kind of, you know, a little rougher. Real. Yeah, yeah, a little more shrill, a little, bit, a little edgier guy for their harder tunes. I was like, they kind of seem to rotate like half and half on the album. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, I ne- That's cool. I never knew that. Um, but I, I mean, I, I, I love Iris. I mean, I was just kind of curious to see what, who else was on the, uh, the City of Angels soundtrack, and so we have uh, U two doing a song on that one. Uh, Jimi Hendrix, uh, Sarah McLaughlin. Huh? What what Hendrix tune is on there? Red House. Oh. Um, Eric Clapton. Uh, Damn. Peter Gabriel. Damn. Um, Sarah McLaughlin's doing Angel on that one. This sounds expensive. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Have you seen that movie? I haven't seen that movie. I I've seen like one part and one part. Yeah, my growing up, my aunt loved Does it. Does someone take their top off in it, Jake? <laughs> no, actually, no. <laughs> <laughs> There's a really great ASMR, ASMR scene in it. <laughs> uh, when I was on Mr. Skin in 2004. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Minute 34. Point yeah, three. yeah. <laughs> you can see uh, so-and-so's feet. <laughs> uh but no, I mean, like, it, this album was insane. I mean, so I need to definitely go back and listen to that. But, uh, I mean, we talked about it a second ago, but Slide. Slide's, like, one of my go-to songs for Open yeah. Mic. Mm-hmm. It's got that incredible, like, opening rip. Um, what I found, this song, this album kind of reminded me of Sugar Ray's uh, 14, 1459, which you listened to a couple episodes back. See our back catalog. Mm-hmm. Um where it's almost kind of like uneven. Does that make sense? Uneven. Uh, I could I could see it. Uh, if I know what you're getting at, I'm I'm a big believer in track order. 
like mm-hmm. making sure that track order makes sense and tells a story yeah. of sorts. Well, this and one kind of seems like, what's that? And you also hate fade outs. Yeah, I do hate fade outs, of course. Although a good fade in can be kind of <laughs> next level. I'm not even, I'm not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but it seems like they kind of went like, uh, okay, hard, soft, hard, soft, hard, soft through it. Yeah. Do you know what um, I mean? That was kind of, it was kind of jarring. I say jarring, but it's the Goo Goo Dolls. I mean, even like, the, even like their like harder songs are incredibly poppy. Um, right. But like, you have like a song called like, you have like Dizzy, the opening track. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like the verses are like super like grunge, you know, like very like, very edgy, but the chorus is so freaking catchy. I, I'm impressed that it didn't put Iris as track one because that would be like front loading with the with the hits and all that, you know. Which is, I like it when a band doesn't do that, you know, because yeah. they're like, no, this is our album. Or come on, well, that's that's track eight or whatever the hell it is. Uh, we're not gonna, you know, it's there, but we're not gonna open the album with it. It's a, yeah. yeah. I feel like, so um, first, I mean, this was like honestly my first time listening through listening this one uh, back uh, front to back. T to B. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I had F to B. F to B. <laughs> uh, I had Dizzy uh, slide. How how great a song is Broadway? Oh, I liked it. Yeah, it's all right. I mean, I mean, come on. <clears throat> I, okay, it's just so very radio friendly and like. Yeah. I'm fine with it. <laughs> As I cover my face, I'm like, uh, like it's just th- these. Guys, I remember these guys being on the radio all. I remember hearing Iris over and over and over again, and it's just like, oh god, like it's just so safe. Um, I, the production is, you know, there's, it's it's beyond reproach. It's very well produced, of course. Just something about the jangliness and like the of the guitars and like just the uh, the. It's just a it's, a, it's a bit melodramatic. Black Balloon stuck out to me because it has that cool loop in it, and yeah. like all, all I'm obsessed with is loops. And all I can think of was, wouldn't it be cool if Underworld remixed Black Balloon? I think they would do something interesting with it. That that main riff, the yeah, and it's like, yeah. and like, like add like throw a beat on there, and then like just do something cool with it. I don't know. That would be sick. Like Black Balloon, I remember. I think that may have been second or third single that came out for this one. But I remember these music videos so like vividly. Like the music because, videos. Yeah, these music videos. Like I, I, I remember Iris. You know, cut scenes from City of Angels into the movie, into the music video. I remember like. For a slide, Johnny Resnick was singing to a girl at like a diner, a diner tabletop. Mm-hmm. For black, black balloon was in black and white. It was a black, black and white music video, and there was like a swimming pool, and like a girl was like diving into the swimming pool, and it's like baby's black balloon where she lies, almost fell to that hole in your eyes, and I don't know, like those the the, the hits. I mean, it's like you were saying, it's, it's just undeniable. Like, just because these are they're huge songs, and um, I don't know if 
the rest of the album is on the level, same level as those hits. I mean, but Iris, easily one of the greatest songs of the past, I don't know, 22 years. I mean, I would... <laughs> okay. I mean, that, that song's insane. I mean... Uh, it's it's track 11 on the album, dude. Which makes me think, like, I wonder if they dropped it in after City of Angels. Like, oh, shit, this song's a hit. Let's put it on our album. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I imagine so. It was cool to listen to. Um, I've actually seen the Google Dolls twice in concert, randomly. How were they, how were they, how were they live? So the first time I saw them, they were cool. Johnny Resnick, he, he's just, he seems like such a likable guy. Um I saw them at a theater in San, in San Antonio um, and they were playing one of their like harder songs. So people started moshing. Wow. And homeboy like stops the show. Like he stops the band and he's like, Hey, you cut that shit out. We're not going to do that shit. We're not going to, we're not going to mosh. Just listen to the music. He stopped Jeez. the mosh bit. Oh, wow. And, yeah. I'd never seen, Anything like anything like it before or since? And huh. I just remember the light was that, show. Was that a, was that a cool move? Like because people were getting hurt and shit, or was it like he's just very particular about how? I don't know. You tell me. Well, I thought it was a cool move because they were playing in like they were playing in a theater, and so I mean, if you're in a, like a oh okay, if you're in like a club and there's an open dance floor, right? I think it's kind of like. A, like, like a seated theater or like yeah, someone, just, someone's right. someone's gonna break an ankle yeah okay yeah gotcha all right which which is interesting <laughs> that people were moshing for that so but i mean and i always kind of like respected him for that so gotcha okay um mm. and uh the second time was at the san antonio rodeo a couple years later i mean and they're solid i mean i can't i mean they sounded great i mean mm-hmm. engage the crowd and is it is it still the lineup with the the with Resnick and the other dude? Uh, yes, I think there may have been like a third. With Takak, Takak, yeah, Takak, 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 Takak. I don't know what that's He he actually sang when I saw them both times. So I mean, he's I guess he does his songs live, but I mean they were cool. I mean, I really can't say anything negative about the good. I mean, this wasn't. I'm glad we got try. to listen to I'm joking. Huh? That's a try. <laughs> I'm just joking. Uh, this, wasn't my, this wasn't my favorite album that I've picked so far. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I, I mean, I absolutely adore, you know, those singles. And, and we'll always, um, I'll probably always will. Um, yeah. But they're great. I mean, the, the Goo- I think the Goo Goo Dolls are one of those bands where it's just like, like we'll be... I think we'll be like in our sixties and look back fondly on the Google dolls. You know, there's, there's nothing yeah. really to dislike, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's so fi- final thoughts on dizzy up the girl. <clears throat> um, it is music that will still in, uh, tolerate 30 years from now. Uh, it, it's just, uh, I like black balloon. The melodies are lovely. Guy's voice is undeniable. Production's really great. It's just kind of, it leaves me wanting a little edge to it. Like, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, So so it's, you know, just not my wheelhouse, but um, 
as, as mentioned, as I, uh, as I imagine Underworld wasn't quite your wheelhouse either this week, but uh, um, yeah, good stuff. And I, and I would never have listened to this <laughs> if you hadn't <laughs> asked me to. Never, ever. I think last episode I was like, ugh, when you said Goo Dolls. Because <laughs> all, I, all I think in my head, all I think is, all right, just, all right, haircuts and fucking uh, frumpy leather jackets and, and uh, mellow, mellow drama. Um, but, you know, of course, they've got a look and they've got an image that they cultivate and all this. And like, and, but behind that is some pretty impressive songwriting. So yeah. Um, hats off. So and I, I appreciate it. One thing I think is really cool is that the Goo Goo Dolls actually, uh, I think they put up their first album out in like 1987. Whoa. So, I mean, uh-huh. they were at it for 11 years. Uh, same members? Couldn't possibly be. I think it was Johnny, at least Johnny and Robbie. Uh, the yes. cat, as we've spoken of. Found, yeah. Founding member of the Google Dolls, along with Johnny Resnick. I want to know more about Robbie Tukak, honestly. I'm curious. Like, what's that guy? He, is he also, like, producing some stuff? Like, is he in other bands? I'm, I'm just curious. Um, it looks like he, like he might be part of a label. Yeah. Um, but I think the Google Dolls might be his main... Main, main squeeze yeah i just finished off my bottle of champagne Ooh, uh, i still have a bit to go on mine <laughs> okay uh thanks for suggesting goo goo dolls i i, re- I really enjoyed a few tracks on here and and uh i like it so thanks, man. yeah i'm glad you too it was it was a cool one it was one of those like we're gonna have to do a goo goo dolls episode eventually because they're just they're like a staple you know yeah 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 yeah. Um, what, what do you think for next time, dude? Uh, so I'd like, uh, I'd like to propose an idea. Um, how about we do two episodes in October? Um, and yeah. one will do a spooky album or it doesn't have to be spooky album, but, um, my, my album does, my album is by a gentleman whose last name is zombie. Um, <laughs> and then for a second Ooh. episode for October, right. we, <laughs> Jerry Zombie, come on. Jerry Zombie. Jerry Zombie. Hello, Jerry Zombie. How are you? I brought wine. I hope it matches. I don't know what you're serving. I hope it works. (laughs) Uh, uh, I'm acting like this is all off the top of Ellen. I have brainstormed this. Um, But then we're going to also do a 90s movie. We don't have to pick right now, but you can look forward to this. it's going to be, we're going to talk about a 90s uh, uh, film that we, we partic- are particularly fond of, um, either their score or their soundtrack, uh, or if you just like, we, if we just like a 90s movie, we're going to go for it. Um, so that'll be for October. Um, I, I, okay, let's start here. Like, I'll give you my, my pick for September. Okay. My second pick, my next pick. Your next pick. So this is, this is, I, this is not Halloween. This is, this is our next episode. Uh, this is just for well, this is, uh, this is when our next versus episode, and we'll see what happens in between. Yes. Okay. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. So, 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 Jake, what are you thinking next time? What are we listening to? All right. So earlier we talked about uh, REM. Um, oh God. Uh, <laughs> they're a big one. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
the one of my favorites, uh, top 10 easily. Mm-hmm. I really wish we could talk about 2001's Reveal. Um, but this oh. album this album is dedicated to 90s music. Damn mm-hmm. it. Well, so this this podcast is, yeah. Uh, did I say this album? You did, yeah, it's fine. But, it's fine. Um, but, um, so, because of that, I'm going to do another another favorite. Um, 1996's New Adventures in Hi-Fi by R.E.M. R.E.M., yeah. 96, you said? <laughs> 96. All right, well, I, for you, sir... Oh boy, I can't wait to win. Because in 1996, an album came out called End Introducing, and it's by DJ Shadow. And it's, and it's probably my favorite album of all time. Of all time? It might just be. Dude, okay. Oh my what? God, REM versus DJ Shadow? That'll be an epic episode. That'll be great. Introducing. You'll find it. But uh, this is a brilliant, brilliant record, and it's absolutely gorgeous. I think you'll love it. Awesome, man. I think I think you're, you're going to really enjoy New Adventures in Hi-Fi. Okay. Um, get excited for uh, Undertow, Ebo um, the Letter, Bittersweet Me, and uh, So Fast, So Numb. Ooh, and Electrolyte. I think you're going to really dig those. Um. I'm not going to say too many things about tracks on this album, but it is, um, and it is built um, almost entirely out of other records, which is incredible. Uh, my favorite track is probably Building Steam with a Grain of Salt, and it's fucking just beautiful. It's very uh, glass of wine next to a fireplace kind of stuff, but it's also very hip-hop and cool. Um, so enjoy. Ooh. Trip hop, you might call it, yeah. So I think, if I'm not mistaken, all the albums you've you've uh, prescribed for me have been made by predominantly European musicians, right? Is DJ Shadow is he European or is he from is he uh, America or he is very American? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, is this my first American album? <laughs> I think be. so. We've had all of your – wait, is, wait, wait, wait. Before we go, are, are Goo Goo Dolls from California? They are from New York. Oh, okay. So you, you, you jumped coasts this episode, and I'm jumping, yeah. <laughs> I'm jumping oceans for the next one. All right, cool. Well, we're going to jump to a, <clears throat> American style, and we're going to jump – we're going to lower the tempo a little bit. We're going to go into some, into some hip-hop and some really wild uh, – Sample-based music. It's going to be fun. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. And if you don't love it, we're not friends anymore. <laughs> All right, bud. Uh, All right. Oh, thanks for, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Uh, as, we, uh, as we... Oh, sorry. Go <laughs> No, uh, I was just going to say, uh, send us emails at sippingmimospod at gmail. And then and fucking just share, share links to the podcast. Tell your friends. So we can get out there more. That's all. Shares and likes and just anything really, really helps out. And 
I think I speak for my partner and I, my partner Ellie and I, that it means the world whenever you jump off a line and say, Hey, I enjoyed your podcast or, Hey, I really enjoyed that boner, boner town joke. You know, like it, it means the world. So, um, as always, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for sharing and thank you for being awesome. And I hope to see you all soon. Take it easy.